The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. And we're on and welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is not here because he's actually stuck in traffic right now. So he was going to be a little bit late and we're recording this on Monday and the all-important Buffalo Bills, Denver Broncos is coming on and we're not going to delay the show to get Chris on because I got to see that game. I got to witness that game because the entire AFC is conspiring to help the Dolphins, Simon. Uh, did you get the theme over that over the weekend? I kind of got the feeling that something was happening. Good weekend <laughs> yes. for the Dolphins. Yeah, like the, the Dolphins didn't play a, a game, but they won a lot yesterday. <laughs> yeah. It's it's good that that one loss is getting erased. The problem is I do believe that it's smooth sailing for the Kansas City Chiefs now for the one seed once again. So the yeah. the Arrowhead Invitational will be on once again this year. Yeah, you know? the difficulty with this is though that um, you kind of want the Bengals to beat the Ravens on um, on Thursday night because you don't want to be playing the Bengals in the first, in the wild card round. You know what I mean? That's the yes. kind of the that's the that would be the absolute killer to win the AFC East, get a home playoff, and then get screwed because the Bengals come to town. You know, you want somebody who's just about limped their way into the uh, to the playoffs. Although the AFC looks really strong, you know. You want the Steelers, you know, a team that have been outgained on offense and 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 on defense all season. Well, that's a team you want. Do you know what I mean? You don't want mm. the Jags or you don't want the the Bengals. I mean, that would be an absolute disaster. Um but like even obviously the Texans, no, you know, nobody's playing as well as the Texans are at the moment. Certainly nobody's playing as well as CJ Stroud is at the moment. Cleveland, you know, Deshaun Watson, three quarters, yes, they look like Deshaun Watson of Houston. Um, you know, so there's some interesting to like I, I think Denver will give the Bills a game tonight. I think Denver are a much better team since they um since they had the shellacking by us. You know, they beat the Chiefs and beat them fair and square, they beat them comfortably. So I think there's some strong teams in the AFC and you just don't yeah, that would be the ultimate nightmare, you know, when you're hoping for like a, an absolute cling on team that's kind of got in at, you know, 
eight and nine or whatever, or nine and eight, and you end up getting the Bengals at home, and it's Burrow and Chase and Higgins and Boyd and <laughs> yeah, that's and not that. that that's down. not a. And although the Bengals are all alone in last place right now, they are. And the 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 thing with the Bengals is that they are their their divisional record isn't great, but their conference record is awful. They're one and four in conference, so you know they. I mean, they have pretty much got a win out and hope for some other help to to really kind of solidify our place. But but yeah, at the moment it looks like but the, the Chiefs have got some I mean the Chiefs Eagles Monday night. The Chiefs don't have like an easy run. They've got some difficult games coming up. Mm-hmm. We can get some momentum hopefully over the next, you know, next five weeks. I mean I don't think they, the game next week will be will be easy, you know, especially with that, you know, that Raiders defense isn't, you know, they're no mugs, that Raiders defense, especially. And, and they have two really good players, and, and we're going to talk about that on, on Thursday. I don't think it's going to be a walkover. Uh, I, no. I do I do think the Dolphins will, will win that game, spoiler alert. But would, will it be easy? Uh, I don't think so. I think no. that that I one's mean, uh, a little Chiefs closer. Play, yeah, the Chiefs have still got to play the Eagles. They've got to play the Raiders, and that you know they've got to play the Raiders twice, and that you know division games especially against the Raiders aren't and I think always. they got one more against the Chargers right yeah they got one more against the Chargers then they've got the Bengals and they got the Bills so you know they've got they haven't got the easiest to run in so it just goes Eagles Raiders Packers uh, Lambeau then Buffalo at home New England on the road Raiders at home Bengals at home Chargers in LA so it's not you know they don't have a cakewalk all the way home so you know and it's and, and it's also and I, I you know we will kick off the show here in a second once we're done with this but it's also con- it's conceivable that the Dolphins run off this these five in a row here against teams that they're going to be favored against. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, they will be favored in the sixth game against uh, the Cowboys, but I'm not counting that one. If they run these five in a row, it's conceivable they can clinch the division by just winning these five in a row. Yeah, and especially as the Bills. So the Bills obviously got the Jets on Sunday in the late window, but then they're at Philadelphia, at Kansas City, home to Dallas, at the Chargers, home to the Patriots, on the road to us. You know, they've got an absolute killer because you know we said it again. That Jets defense, that Jets offense is is dire. Although I expect Robert Sala will make a change. I mean, he's got to make a change of quarterback, whether that's Tim Boyle or Trevor Simeon. Um, they How they didn't trade for Josh Dobbs, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, hundred percent. That was a, a no-brainer. An oh. absolute no-brainer. I think Dobbs puts them in the playoffs. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. In, in the, this, I mean, the defense is this AFC. The defense is, yeah, the defense is superb. They can get home with four. They've got rotating players on the edge. The interior is excellent. Williams is an excellent player. I, don't, I know he doesn't have the numbers, but he's a he's an excellent player. The linebacking core is as fast as there is in the league. Mosley is playing at a really high level, as is Quinn and Williams, his brother. And then the secondary is outstanding. You know, Gardner and and. Um, and uh, Reed on the outside are brilliant. I think Jordan White is a good player. Um, yeah, that that defense is absolutely as good as it gets in the NFL. But the offense is absolutely abject. But for Buffalo, you know, if the Bills happen to lose tonight, you know, a running of Jets, Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, Dolphins. Yeah, if the Bills lose tonight, and it, it, you know, it was conceivable they could have lost two home games to the Giants and the Bucks of all people. And if and if uh, if Godwin can find the ball in the air, they do lose that game against the Bucks. If they if lose the tonight, yeah, I mean, if they lose tonight, I think it's a wrap for the the Bills' season because 
How can you say with any confidence that they're going to beat the Eagles or the Chiefs or any of those teams if they're losing home games to the Broncos? Yeah. It just know? depends on which Bills team shows up tonight, doesn't it? Because, you know, they are, you know, they've got some terrific players. And I think Josh is playing at a really good level this year, a really high level, but I don't know. It's, I think they I think their injuries on I think they're the same team that we expected them to be, a really good team. But I think their injuries on on defense were just too many. It's just too yeah. much. And I don't think Rasul Douglas was enough at the de- I think they needed to do something major. I think they needed to move a first round pick for a front line player for that defense. Because once you lose Milano and Daquan Jones, yeah, that's too much almost. And then, and, and of course, you lost Tredavious White as well. And Tredavious White as well. Yeah. So they needed to do something big. Like, uh, I don't know if they would have dangled a first round pick for, for Burns, Brian Burns of, of Carolina. You know, somebody, uh, Mike Hyde's not playing tonight as well. So, you know, there's a, uh, yeah. Yeah. They needed to do something. Well, as always, this show is brought to you by Factor Meals. Go to factormeals.com and use the promo code 3 yards per carry 50. That's the number 3 yards per carry 50. You get 50% off your first order. As always, prize picks. You go to prize picks. You put in the promo code 3 yards. That's the number 3 yards. You deposit $100, you get $100. There is nothing there. It's that's what it is. You get it immediately. It's a one-time rollover. It's the best bonus anywhere on the internet. And, of course, betteredge.com slash the number five reasons. You get $20 just for signing up. And, of course, the official rum of three yards per carry is black coral rum. If you want to learn more about a rum that is distinctly Florida, go to steeltiespirits.com. And, of course, we have an official whiskey as well, which is Balcones Whiskey. So you can check that out as well. You can go to balconiswhiskey.com to find out more. And we're adding another sponsor for just the holiday season. But if you want to do some of your shopping, do it with our friends at Uncommon Goods. Go to uncommongoods.com slash three yards per carry. It's the name of our podcast, the number three yards per carry. And you get 15% off all your orders. All right, Simon. Uh, we're going to do like a little mid-season review here. Uh, in the first half, we're going to talk about essentially the AFC. And then the second half, we're going to review the team and where they are. Um, we did some of that already, talking about the Bills and and the Bengals and such. Where's the power here in the AFC? Who who do you actually fear going forward? Because uh, I, w- I would have said the Ravens on Sunday at about 145. Mm. And to watch them implode in the fourth quarter reminded me of what they were last year, a really good team that somehow was allergic to the fourth quarter. And to see that Lamar Jackson had one completion the entire fourth quarter in mm-hmm. five attempts, and they just couldn't run the ball. Cleveland yeah. now uh, understood Cleveland's a really good defense. But I I would have thought that the scary team was Cincinnati because yeah. they're they're like that, that been-there-done-that type team. But now they're losing at home to the upstart Texans. So... The more things change, the more they stay the same, it's still Kansas City, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Although, like, you do have concerns about that Kansas City offense, you know, in mm. terms of can they consistently move the ball? You know, could the Chiefs move the ball against, I don't know, I mean, look around. Can the Chiefs move the ball? I mean, they really struggled to move the ball against the Jets. They, they struggled to move the ball against the, the Dolphins. They had their lowest yardage total in two years. You know, 
I suspect the road to the Super Bowl in the AFC goes through Arrowhead, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, they got Cleveland in the playoffs, for example. You know, that Jim Schwartz is coaching out of his mind, and the, the defense coordinator of the, of the Browns. You wonder whether or not they would, you know, whether they would beat Cleveland if, if Cleveland brought their offensive A game. Um, so I do worry about their offense. Who who frightens me in the AFC? I think, look, for the Dolphins, and I, I think anybody on the road frightens me, frankly. And I think I would put Buffalo, Baltimore, Cincinnati, maybe Jacksonville and Kansas City into that equation. Okay, you kind of, you know, you've got to, and, and until you can do it consistently, win on the road against those big teams, then it, I think for me personally, it's always going to be an issue. For some for some people, it might not be such an issue. But, you know, we got spanked in Buffalo. Uh, you know, we lost a close one to Philly, obviously different conference. We lost a close one to Kansas City, but we lost. And ultimately what it's going to come down to, because it always does, is the quarterback's ability. You know, can we go on the road and can the quarterback, and he hasn't been able to prove it because we haven't had the opportunity, but can he go on the road either late in the season, um, you know, week 16, week 17, week 18, first round of the playoffs, second round of the playoffs, on the road, get the ball with a minute 10 to go, having to drive 70 yards, to, can he do it? That 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 will ultimately always be what it comes down to, right? That's what all he will ultimately be judged by. Um, and at the moment, I think I would probably lack the confidence for this team to do it, but we're getting healthy at the right time. And yes, it's a week to week deal and that could all blow up in our faces very, very rapidly with, you know, it would only take a couple of injuries to key players and, you know, we'd be in all sorts, but it's great to hear the window opening for Devon AHM. It's great that feels like River Craycraft is close. Rob Hunt, I think is, you know, I don't. I suspect Rob Hunt doesn't play this week. I think he'll probably play next week. I think they're probably trying to just hold him back for Quinn and William. Not hold him back, but we know how cautious they're being about injuries. And I suspect I watched Robert Hunt doing an awful lot of work in Frankfurt mm-hmm. in the open practice, and I would have could have sworn that he would have played off the bye week. Now maybe they're just being cautious because they've been pretty cautious. I mean, McDaniel said today, A. Chang could have played the last four weeks with a knee brace, so. You know, I think they're being cautious because I think they're trying to backload the end of the season with healthy players in as much as you can do that in a sport which is extremely violent, which this is. Um, but to answer the wider question, I think I would fear Buffalo on the road. I'd fear Baltimore on the road. I'd fear Cincinnati on the road. I'd fear Jacksonville on the road. And I'd fear Kansas City on the road. At home, you know, at home, if we had a divisional round playoff, I would take any of those teams at home. You know, as in, I would fancy the Dolphins to win at home. Big playoff game, big playoff atmosphere in Miami. Hopefully in the evening, so the temperature's down and the stadium can be absolutely rocking and full with our fans, because I know how hot it gets there. It's difficult to watch when it's, you know, oppressive heat during the regular season. But, you know, night game, all the razzmatazz that comes with it in Miami, I'd fancy us against anybody. I think we could take down anybody at home, but that's the, that's the issue, right? You know, yeah. but I think that I think if we can win the AFC East and finish obviously with a high enough seeding, play a wild card game at home on that opening weekend, and you hopefully play a divisional round game at home, depending on where you stack in terms of the AFC. And then let's see, you know, if we get through that, let's see where the, the chips fall in terms of, uh, you know, Kansas City is sensational. They've got a great defense and they've got the best quarterback of a generation. Um, but I don't think they're unbeatable and I don't think they're unbeatable 
this year because I don't think their offense is is clicking. And it's, you know, Mahomes and Reed talk about we're, we're getting into what week 11 of the season. Mm. It hasn't clicked yet. You know, they're kind of running and, out of time. And so what, yeah. And I was wondering that I was wondering that on, on OnlyFans uh, this past week. And uh, some, some of our members had pretty good answers to this question. So I, I'd rather ask you to get your opinion on this. Is the Dolphin defense that good, or does Kansas City really have that many problems on offense? I think, I think it's, it's a mix a little, of both, but yeah, your say, opinion? I think it's a mix of both. But look, how many times did Howard and and Ramsey get challenged? None. Mm-hmm. We welcome Nick Niedermack. I saw Nick Niedermack make some 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 good coverage, not plays because he didn't make a play on the ball, but in terms of bracketing uh, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I, I was really impressed. I was really impressed by the way that they did not do the easy thing and just put Ramsey on Kelsey, and they just put everybody on Kelsey. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, and it, it worked. It cost them. It cost them on the McKinnon touchdown. Yeah, you know? and actually, what was interesting was watching the new, the New Heights podcast last week. With just I just listened to the, the section about the the Dolphins game and the German experience. Kelsey said that was actually a play. The play is designed to go to him there, and obviously, what happened was that. So what's supposed to happen is that McKinnon is supposed to be the mis- is supposed to be the misdirection for for Kelsey, <laughs> and players are supposed to go with McKinnon. And he said what happened was that three three defenders went with Kelsey, everybody left McKinnon, and he walked in for the touchdown. Um, I think the linebackers are playing really well, and I think David Long's playing at a, a Pro Bowl level actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're healthy on the defensive line. You know they need to stay healthy with Cedar and Wilkins because there's not a lot behind them. But the, the, you know I think Bradley Chubb's having a tremendous season. Um, Phillips is beginning to get there. Van Ginkel is obviously a good player. Um, so I think the defense is playing really, really well. And, it, it, you know, it, it's clear that it, it's obvious that the scheme is, and it's kind of held together by Holland. And people were talking, like people mm-hmm. talked today about, is Javon Holland just a, a good player or not? I think this is Javon Holland's best season. Um, and I say that not because of interceptions or sacks or big plays or those sorts of things. He's just the glue that holds everything together. He's organized. I think him and Deshaun Elliott working really, really well together. I just think Holland just is so instinctive. He just shuts down so much stuff that I think that you just don't see. And I don't think the ordinary fans sees, and, and that's not a knock on people who watch the Dolphins. I just think that you have to understand the nuance of that position specifically and what his role is within that big Fangio defense to really, really appreciate and understand what Javon Holland does. It Not much of it shows up in the box score and the stat sheet, but I think um, he's just a, he's just a fine player playing at a really high level. Yeah, and in that game against Kansas City, and you could see it on the All-22 all game, uh, Patrick Mahomes is not an idiot. He's smart, okay? So he's going to recognize what the safeties are doing, to, especially on Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's not the kind to run past you anymore. So what the Dolphins were doing was just driving on everything. Most of that was Javon Holland driving on crossing routes, and Mahomes saying to himself, I throw this, it's intercepted. Because he's just driving full-blown on this crossing route on on Travis Kelsey, uh, that's respect for for somebody like like Holland. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think like going back to your ultimate question about the AFC, like who who could you who who can you look at and pinpoint that has got a good enough quarterback that that plays sound enough defense that is well coached but has those specific players on offense that you know that you can kill you right? Obviously, we know that the the um we know that the Bills could do it. Josh Allen, you know is an insane player. The run game is kind of average, but we know that, you know, Diggs, Gabe Davis, the tight ends are good players, right? And defensively, they're, they're pretty strong. I know, obviously, they're missing 
Milano, right? But the Bills, you would you would class as that. The Jets, you wouldn't because they just can't move the ball on offense. The the Ravens are fascinating to me because as as well as I think um as well as I think Lamar is playing and he is the running game doesn't really frighten me and at receiver, you know it's a bunch of guys. It's Aguilar, it's Bateman, it's Odell, it's Duvernay, it's you know Zay Flowers has been nice, but you know Mark Andrews obviously could kill you. But you kind of look at it and you think. You know, AFC Championship. Could is there somebody there that really frightens you on? And our scheme, know, the, our scheme is something that it has been kryptonite to Lamar Jackson. Yeah, like the Browns. You know, obviously Chubb is out, so that really hurts them in the run game. Ford's been okay. Ford's been nice. You know, but again, at receiver, like take Amari Cooper out, and you know, Marquis Goodwin, Elijah Moore, James Prochet, Cedric Tillman, David Bell. It's you know, it's fine. It's it does that frighten you? Not not necessarily. Jacksonville, obviously, I don't think Trevor Lawrence has played particularly well this season. Etienne's obviously a, a good player, but you know, Zay Jones is injured. Kirk is nice. They've struggled to get Calvin Ridley going, just can't get off press. You know, anything and they just got absolutely spanked at home yesterday by the 49, like an absolute spanking by the 49ers yesterday. And we talked about the Chiefs, but I keep coming back to the Cincinnati Bengals. I just, mm-hmm. you know. Joe Mixon is still playing well. Joe Burrow obviously is an elite quarterback, top three, four in the league at worst. And then, you know, Jamar Wep- Chase. Yeah, those team. two weapons, are, no, and, and Higgins, uh, those two weapons outside are Boyd, equal you know. to or better than uh, what Miami has, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, They're the most complete team. Yeah, defense is good. They've got good linebackers, Pratt, Wilson. I think they're really good in the set. Cam Taylor-Britt's playing at all pro level. On the back end, you know, DJ Turner's playing well. Shadobi Ouzio is a good player. Daxton Hill is playing out of his mind. You know, they can get to the quarterback with Hubbard. I know Hendrickson hopefully avoided a serious injury yesterday when um, when uh, uh, the former Dallas guy, whose name completely escapes, Noah Brown, fell on him. They get Joseph Asai's coming back. DJ Reed is a great player. They've got they've got players. On, the one the one concern with the Bengals is is the offensive line. Orlando Brown isn't playing particularly well. Uh, and they're still not good enough to to keep Joe Burrow up, but you know that that's the one team that really scares me. And it goes back to the the very first question that we talked about, i.e., you know, if you don't get the number one seed, you don't want the Bengals coming to Miami in the first round of the playoffs because that's just you know that. Yeah. Although if you get the if you get the two seed, um, although it's going to be hard for the Bengals as currently constituted to even make the playoffs, or do yeah, you exactly. think the four teams from the AFC North are going to make it? Because that leaves almost everybody else out, you know. Let's see who the see who the Bengals have got whilst we um, whilst we're here. Because uh, I, I think if the Dolphins could get the two seed, a trip to the Super Bowl is not completely out of the question. Because you could have somebody knock off Kansas City for you, and you don't have to go to Arrowhead, and then the entire playoffs come through Miami. Where I, mean, I, I do feel Miami is, if not Kansas City, Miami is probably the best team in in football as far as winning games at home. I think they're, they're nearly nearly unbeatable at home. And that's what the numbers suggest the last two seasons. Okay, so the Bengals have got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So they've got eight games left to play, right? They don't play a single team with a losing record. <laughs> they play at the Ravens on a short week on Thursday night. Then they play Steelers the following week. Then they're at the Jaguars. Then they're at home to the Colts, which is the easiest, in inverted commas, game left in their schedule. Then they're at home to the Vikings, who are playing as well as anybody in the NFC at the moment. Then they're on the road at the Steelers, on the road at the Chiefs, and then finish at home against the Browns. So one, two, 
three, four of their eight games are divisional games, so absolutely massive. And and, and for whatever reason, they have problems with the Steelers and the Browns. Yeah, and that only one of their games, so six, seven of those eight are all in conference. And we know we've already talked about how bad their in conference record is one and four at the moment. So uh, the road to the playoffs for Cincinnati, as good as they are, is really, really tumultuous. All right, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we'll go over the roster. We'll go over over the team at midseason, at the bye week. And just point you toward Thursday when we preview Raiders, Dolphins. But first, these words. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage to your home or business? Are you having trouble locating a five-star rated general contractor that is fully licensed, certified, and insured? If the answer is yes, then Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, Jorge, and their team is prepared to handle any size property damage disaster. When an unexpected damage occurs to your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. Their objective is to make the cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed general contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that business homeowners and business owners require. Water Cleanup of Florida is now an authorized dealer of Eurocraft cabinets, so premier kitchen, bath, and laundry cabinetry, countertops, and other accessories are available for your viewing at their showroom in Boca Raton. Or, do you prefer to shop from your home or office? Then Water Cleanup will send you one of our design specialists to you with samples and products that fit your style and budget. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone if you have any questions at 954-579-0356. That's 954-579-0356. Or visit the website at wcufl.com. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram. And please check out their more than 80 five-star reviews on Google and Facebook. Water Cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to Three Yards Per Carry. All right, we're back. All right, Simon. Team's getting healthy. Yeah. They're as healthy as you can get on defense, and I think they've been, they've been extremely lucky because we did a show before the season, and uh, we went around we went around the table and we started asking, you know, what concerned us the most? And the obvious answer is, of course, the health of the quarterback, Tua Tungvaloa. He's been healthy this year so far. But I said we have a couple of areas on defense that are paper thin. They've been remarkably healthy at defensive tackle and linebacker assignment. So yeah. I think that's helped them. They're getting healthy. But we're gonna, I'm gonna, I want to start here on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I'm not going to call it calamitous because Robert Hunt should be coming back. But they've taken some injuries at guard. Isaiah Wynn, there's really no word, and this is a team that doesn't want to even talk about injuries. You hope he could come back because we kind of saw a version of this offensive line that was really good with a healthy Isaiah Wynn. 
but you can't count on it. Uh, what are you? There's even word that they might try Kendall Lamb at left guard. Although he himself has told me and others, I don't play guard. I don't even know how to play guard, and I'm not good at it. Yeah. <laughs> but today they were insisting on possibly playing him at left guard. And if they play him at left guard, their goals are feel good as Teron Armstead's backup. So yeah. what are you doing at, at left guard, Simon? Because it's an issue. We know Robert Hunt's coming back. But for the meantime, Lester Cotton's playing there. What are you going to do at left guard? It's so interesting, isn't it? Because I, and I don't think they will switch it up. But to me, the the most secure offensive line would be Armstead, Connor Williams, Eichenberg, Hunt, uh, and Austin Jackson. I would kick Connor Williams back to left guard and have Liam playing centre. I don't think they'll do it. Um, but to me, that's the most secure line that we could do moving forwards. Uh, and as good as Connor has been, and he has been, the question then becomes, are you weakening two positions? Are you strengthening two positions? Is Liam as good a centre as Connor? No, he's not. But is Connor a better guard? Like, how does it weigh out in terms of, I, I think Liam Arkenberg is a better centre than he is a left guard. Um but I, I, I strongly suspect they won't do it. I, I think the issue with Kendall Lamb, playing Kendall Lamb at guard, is not his ability to play the position. It's if inevitably something happens to Teron Armstead, you do not want Kendall Lamb having getting rolled up on or anything happening mm. to him that means all of a sudden we've got to play the last six games of the season or a playoff game with Kion Smith or even Ryan Hayes bumped up off the practice squad at left tackle. Do you know what I mean? You do, mm. do you want to be playing against Micah Parsons with Ryan Hayes as your, you know, do you want to be playing like Justin Madabuike of, of Baltimore is playing as well as anybody in the NFL, you know, interior defensive lineman, but who kicks outside, reduces outside. Do you want to be playing, you know, uh, in that situation where you're, you know, Ryan Hayes is having to play, you know, a Dafe way or, you know, um, Madaguike or uh, those guys from Buffalo or Trey Hendricks in the first round of the playoffs or Josh Allen, the Jags defensive end in the first round of the playoffs. You, that, that is not a situation you need to find yourself in. So I think you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. You want to get the best players on the field, but do you want to find yourself in a situation where you're either playing Kyle Smith or, you know, both the big Ryan Hayes, a, a left tackle in a, in a playoff game. So they do have options on the practice squad. They've also got Chase and Hines, the LSU guy and, um, uh, Alama Uluave, the center, who they could possibly, you know, play at center. And, but you, you kind of don't want to go down that path necessarily. I, I don't think they'll move it. And I think ultimately moving forwards, it'll be Leicester Cotton. Um, and, well, I suppose it'll be Eichenberg and Cotton at guard this week, isn't it? I mean, mm -hmm. Hunt out, Jones out. So we would go Armstead, Eichenberg, Williams, Cotton, Jackson, I suspect is how we line up against the Raiders, right? Yeah, that's the, I think that's what's going to be. And yeah. this is Austin Jackson's uh, biggest test of the entire season because yeah, Max right. Max Crosby, and we'll talk about it on Thursday, Max Crosby, in my opinion, is the best edge player in football yeah. this season. Best all-round edge player because yes. he plays the run as well as he plays. And his, his motor is insane, but he plays the run as well as he plays the pass. Give Austin Jackson credit, though. This is comfortably his best season in the pro. And I never thought I'd say these words on this podcast or anywhere else, but I think he's probably deserving of an ex of an extension. And it mm -hmm. may only be a short extension, like a two-year deal or whatever. Like you wouldn't obviously break the bank for him, but I think he's proved that he can play at a high enough level to be a competent plus NFL starter at right tackle. And, you know, that's, like I said, that's not a position that I think we any of us thought we'd find ourselves in. 
No, uh, he's been he's been very good. And if uh, if you're a fan of counting stats, he has them too. Um, uh, PFF actually lo- loves them as well. Uh, if you if that's your sort of thing, it's not my sort of thing. Uh, another mm-hmm. area that's kind of unsettled, and it might get settled pretty clearly tomorrow. We recorded this on a Monday. Um, I say tomorrow because River Craycraft is coming. And let's face it, he's coming off of the 21 days, uh, the 21 day window, and he will be activated because what's the use of practicing the guy for almost three weeks straight and then not activating him, right? Yeah. So you got to figure said uh, you got to figure River Craycraft comes back tomorrow at 4 p.m., which means somebody has to go. Yeah, um, I think Robbie Robbie chosen is the guy that is needs to not pick up his phone tomorrow i suspect that he will be the guy who's the odd one out if you don't pick up your phone simon do you really avoid getting cut like if you don't hear it you just show up you just show up to the facility no matter what the next day if the tree falls in the forest but nobody's there does it make a sound yeah i you know i like robbie i like robbie chosen he he's shown some things he's played well when asked uh but it could be yeah the, the numbers are catching up with him i will say this cedric wilson Made a made a really nice play against the Chiefs. Yeah, but have you noticed was. how the ball is always hitting the ground around Cedric Wilson? Like he has no chemistry with Tua Tagovailoa, and also how almost all of the pre-snap penalties are because of Cedric. Oh my God, yeah. he he erased a thirty-one yard gain that could have been pivotal in that game. The yeah. the back shoulder fade to to Jalen Waddle. Yeah, that would have set up the Dolphins at the twelve yard line. You don't know what, what happens in that game. That- it's always him that's being motioned from one side to the other because he's either lined up in the wrong place or that's a concern. That's a concern. And I think that gets eliminated when River comes back because uh, I think Craycroft has A, trust, uh, B, an innate understanding of the offense because he's played the scheme under Carl Shanahan, under Mike McDaniel in, in, in San Francisco. Uh, he's also our best blocking receiver, so I think that immediately improves the run game. Um and I, I said it on social media this week, I said it on Twitter this week, I think that the Dolphins have missed Craycraft significantly more than most fans would think they have for, for those reasons. His understanding of nuance, his nuance as a route runner and his ability in the run game, because like I said, he is the best blocker in, in terms of certainly in terms of our skill position players at running back and wide receiver. I, I think obviously Durham Smile and especially Julian Hill when he when he hits his targets are, are very good, but I think Craycraft is right up there. He's a very solid player. All right. Early reviews on Claypool. Do you expect more from him going forward, or is this what we're going to get? Just a guy that plays a few snaps, maybe effectively, they, maybe not. They clearly like him because he was in and out of the game a fair bit in Frankfurt. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't get the ball a lot, um, and you wonder kind of what his value is in terms of look, what can he, what can he provide? Um, I just don't think I've seen enough of him yet to have a, a definitive decision. It doesn't look like they're necessarily trusting him in the past game um, as anything more than a decoy and a guy who's kind of refining his form as a blocker because he was a very good blocker at Notre Dame and early on in Pittsburgh. But you wonder whether or not Claypool and Chosen are going to be under threat by obviously by Craycraft. We wonder what's happening to Eric Ezekiel, obviously a non-football injury, and is he going to come back this season at all? And then look what happens when they... Because, you know, I was told early on that Claypool's role would be early doors, similar to what it was in Pittsburgh, which was, you know, some of those kind of handoffs in terms of, um, you know, on jet jet sweeps and, and reverses yeah. and those sorts of things. Uh, the signing of Anthony Schwartz today makes you think that, you know, there is a guy with Olympic 
speed. I mean, this is not a guy with speed. This is a guy with Olympic speed. Um, you know, he was the world under 1800 meter runner, you know, the best 100 meter runner under the age of 18 on the planet. You know, he has run a, a 1007 100 mm. meters. I mean, that is an insane time. Um, for a human being, you're at a 425 at the combine. This is a guy that you know you want to try and get the ball into space to. So you wonder whether or not the Dolphins have some plays for him potentially, whether he gets brought up. So, all right. And what we're going to do right here is we're going to talk about what we expect for the second half, what we expect the team to do for the second half, and we'll finish up the show by giving out some awards. Uh, I will go first. What I expect from the second half is the return of Savan Ahmed. I mean, Savan Ahmed. Of Devon Achan, okay, because I got Savon Achman in the brain because he's the new whipping boy for Dolphins Twitter. <laughs> Everybody's upset with Savon Achman all of a sudden. The return of Devon Achan, I think, should return a little bit more balance to this team. And what I mean by that is I understand that their, their rushing numbers were okay uh, against Kansas City, but that was only really fueled by a couple of late runs. I expect a, a return to total balance on this offense and the passing game to kick get kick started back into MVP territory for Tua Tonga Valoa as they find their passing game with Devon HN. I think he's going to be huge and key in the second half of this season. And I do expect the defense to get better uh, throughout the season and be as advertised. If you, if, if you noticed their rushing numbers, uh, teams just don't run on this team, and that's with these light boxes. And as their passing defense gets better, as they're creeping into the top 10 in every category, uh, I expect this defense to be really, really good, and I do expect this team to be, at the very least, the two seed at regular season's end. Your thoughts, yeah, I think, Simon? I think the defense will get significantly better as the season goes on if they can stay healthy, and we talked about it earlier, but you know, the cornerbacks are almost unchallengeable in terms of, you know, how Ramsey and Howard are playing. Holland playing out of his mind. Elliot played really well. Long playing brilliantly. And they can get after the, they can get after um, the quarterback with four. They apply a simulated pressure, which is really useful. I, I think what Achan does, because of his speed, he essentially makes, even if the ball's not going to him, it removes a, uh, it means that a high-level player has to be covering it, whether it's a linebacker, whether it's a safety, even if he lines up out wide, it means a corner. And it just means that somebody else is going to be open because of the threat he has, A, with his speed, B, as a running back, and C, as my missus shuts the washing machine door, um, as the um, <laughs> as the threat um, uh, in the pass game, in the run game, and just his general threat, somebody has to cover him and you can't just put, you know, your sixth defensive back on him um, if he lines up out wide. He, he has to be counted for in every single snap and that, I think, makes the absolute difference. All right. Uh, now, let's give out a couple awards here. Three in total. I, I'll I'll start. Let's give a unit award. What's been our best unit this year? And it's too lazy to say quarterback because two is having a nice season. I'm going to go a little bit off the wall here. And I know most would say, oh, how about that offensive line? It's been pretty good. Well, it's had some bad moments in these in some of these losses. It's also lazy to say the wide receivers. And I thought Tyreek Hill was absolutely awful against Kansas City. So I'm going to go with a unit that I think has had only one bad game, and it was in week one. 
Okay. Because I even thought against the Bills, they were okay. It was just the secondary that was absolutely abjectly disastrous. And that's the defensive line. And mm-hmm. uh, and I'm going to count the edge players among them. I think that's been the, the best unit, best Dolphin unit this season. What say you, Simon? Yeah, I think, look, it's a seven-man rotation, essentially, when you look at Davis and Hand and Ogba and Sealer and Wilkins and and Chubb and, and Phillips. And I think they're all... Oh, eight, I suppose, if you throw in Andrew Frank as well, they're all making contributions, small or large. You know, Ogba had a pick. Deshaun Hands, you know, is playing well in a rotation. We obviously know how well Sealer and Wilkins are playing. The edge guys, especially Charba getting after it, Van Ginkos had a boatload of plays. To me, it's got to be the offensive line because we kind of had the lowest expectations, not only of the coach, but also the unit. You know, if you take Toronto Arm said, we were like, oh, well, Armstead's great. He's an all-pro all pro player, but he can't stay healthy, right? Uh, big question marks, left guard. Who's going to play at left guard? You know, have we, got, have we even got a guy there? Um, you know, center. It's actually been worse with Toronto Armstead than we thought because the man has played three games and we're in week 11. <laughs> yeah, but... It, that to me just speaks to the strength of Kendall Lamb, who I think mm-hmm. has played like an upper echelon left tackle when he's had to to go in. You know, Isaiah Wynn played played pretty well at left guard before he went on to IR. Connor Williams has been excellent at centre. You know, people say, "Oh, the snaps and snaps," and I I totally get that. But you know, it, it may be four or five bad snaps the entire season. You have to take it as an, a, as a whole. The guy's playing sixty five plus snaps a game. Um, Rob Hunt's been excellent, you know, and the fact that he's missed one game, it's the first game he's missed in his entire career. And we've already talked about Austin Jackson. He's played at a really high level, you know, for, for, for him. Eichenberg played well at centre. You know, yeah, he had a couple of bad moments. Lester Cotton's been okay. You know, I think a huge credit to that group, to that unit. Even uh, Kyle Smith, when he came in, you know, had a few snaps less tackle, didn't embarrass himself. Um, but I think, you know, Kendall Lamb's been the absolute hero, just stepping up and playing at a, you know, a very good level when needed to. And, you know, as as disappointing as it would be if Toronto Armstead had to go out of the game, I had complete confidence that Kendall Lamb could handle assignments against pretty much anybody in in the league. Is he going to struggle 1v1 against Miles Garrett? Yes. Is anybody going to struggle 1v1 against Miles Garrett? Yes. Is it going to be a difficult night for Austin Jackson against Max Crosby? Absolutely, because Crosby is long, he's physical, he's got a motor that just doesn't stop ticking, he's an elite player. But, you know, I kind of trust that Jackson will be okay. So to me, the offensive line would be the would be the the unit. All right. And I think we could run through these very quickly. Defensive player of the year. I have Bradley Chubb so far. You have? Yeah, Bradley Chubb. All right. And team MVP. I got Tua. I got Tyreek. All right. So we'll call it right there. On Thursday, we will talk Raiders, Dolphins. See you then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.